right, here we go. Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back, Zen Parenting Radio, um, installment number 136. Oh, boy. And um, I'm going to throw the topics over to you, but before I throw the topics... I'm going to say that Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. Me. That's you. Hey, and by the way, you just called it this an installment. It is an you installment. You haven't done that in a good year. And Logical and Practical Dad, 136 episodes. Okay. Uh, logical and Practical Dad, that's me. We have three daughters, ages 5, 8, and 10. Our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, a better you. And then our other goal is to make you laugh because I have a lot of movie lines in, in this episode. Oh, Okay. Are you okay with that? I am. I am. Good. I'm glad. So what are our topics, sweetie? Okay. So we're going to talk about, um, for us, this is uh, school week. We're going back to school this week. So we're going to talk about back to school anxiety. We're going to talk to talk about Ashton Kutcher's uh, speech at the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> did you say back to school? <laughs> I did. Welcome, Welcome back. Dream dreams ticket out. Sorry about that. Go no, ahead. that's it's perfect. It fits perfectly. Um, who is your favorite? Um, that's a good question, Vinny. Um, I don't know. I think that's the easy answer. It wasn't no, one. No, it wasn't. The easy answer would be Horseshack or Washington was pretty funny. Well, let me because I think John Travolta is like the main guy. Did he have more of a part than the other three, or was no. it like equal? Well, I. It's something that I used to watch when I was a kid, so I couldn't even tell you. I remember one episode. <laughs> Sorry. I remember one episode that I could tell you, but for the most part, I just remember watching it. We didn't have a lot of choices when we were young. You just watched what was on. And I love not having choices. I know. Because and I love not having I fun. I love not having fun. You have to find that quote. I know. Because that's that's a faith. I adore not having fun. Um, but uh, but anyway, he, so I think they all kind of, it was pretty much of a flat hierarchy. Like they all were students and they all had different shows that were around them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I I like. I'm going to go boring and I'll, actually I'm not going to go boring. I'm going to go with that principal guy. What principal guy? The guy with the white hair. He'd always give Mr. Cotter a hard time. Hey, what's his name? The principal, gray hair guy. <laughs> he's your he's your favorite, but you don't know his name. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can I'll go on with the topics? Um, Ashton Kutcher, Teen Choice Awards uh, speech that was really good. Um, and then Todd found a blog. Actually, I think it went viral, so many of you may have seen it. Um, a de- from a dad to a daughter about um, having good sex. His hope was that. Um, she could make a life for herself, make her own choices, and that he would give her space to do so. Um, but one of those things that he was going to give her space for. But first, we're going to talk about back to school. Okay. Not our kids going back to school. The movie Back to School. Why'd you have to take on the whole football team? They're not that tough. The football team at my high school, they were tough. After they sacked the quarterback, they went after his family. <laughs> do you think what did that's. You dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. <laughs> when did you- Sorry. <laughs> I've never thought that movie was funny, Todd. That Rodney Dangerfield. I think you're I funny for not laughing. Well, there are screw parts, you, Melon. Screw you, Melon. There are parts of that movie that I would laugh at because you quote them all the time. But like, what I really said, Gatsby, he was uh, great. <laughs> That's funny. That's a funny line. But I wouldn't sit down and watch a Back to School or B Rodney Dangerfield. And you know, it just. What about Caddyshack? He's funny in Caddyshack. You, yes. Okay. I Who's give you that. Uh, we got economics tomorrow at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock? No good. I got a massage at 11 o'clock. Come to make it 2 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess you say that all the time. I know. Every time I'll say, we have to be somewhere at 11, you'll say, well, I got a massage at 11. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Back to what we're talking about. So All back right. to school. So let's get serious. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure going you're to gonna... play another one. Yeah. Fine, I'll play one more. The best thing about kids is making them. <laughs> <laughs> you say that all the time, too. All right, I'm getting off Okay, Okay, so you've got to not do movie quotes all the time or else people aren't going to But you told me not to set it up anymore just to start playing it. Okay, well, that's because last week you were saying, now I'm going to play a movie quote. Now we're going to talk about back-to-school okay. anxiety. Back-to-school anxiety. All I, all that I wanted to say about it is, is either you've started um, or you're starting in a week or two. And a lot of kids start after Labor Day, I think, especially in the CPS, um, which is Chicago Public Schools. But anyway... Um, you always say you don't have a Chicago accent. It comes up when you say the word Chicago. Really? You say Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago public schools. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say that if your children are feeling anxious, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling a little overwhelmed or not like yourself or your kids are not excited or they're telling you that they're nervous, it's so normal. And I'm sure you know most of parents listening have been through this before and, and know how to handle this. But a lot of times instead of – because we don't want our kids to be uncomfortable, we tell them to not be. Instead of listening to how they feel, we tell them how they should feel. And, you know, a child may say, oh, I'm just, I just really don't want to go back to school. Well, why not? You know your teacher. You've got all your friends in your class. It's going to be great. Don't you like school? You know, we, we tell them how to feel because we're uncomfortable with the way they feel. And even though Todd and I talk about all of this generally on mm-hmm. this show, this is back to school is an opportunity to really practice it. Um, you know, like... I could just give you a few things. Last week, we, you know, because we did meet the teacher and everything, again, my girls went back to school today. Um, but because we did meet the teacher last week, these conversations started, and all three of them had different feelings about going to school. They didn't all feel the same way. Some were more challenged than others. And I just made sure that I asked them consistently, um, you know, how you doing now? Well, this is what I'm thinking. Okay, well, what are you going to do about that? Okay, this. So it's instead of making sure they feel good by you just throwing all of your anxiety on them right just listen to them ask right. questions be right. be engaged well and be, and, ha, and know your role in the situation right. because if you anxiety if you have anxiety and you just decide that it's not your own it's theirs that's not fair so just own your own anxiety it thank you you know the first thing you have to do whenever you're um talking to your kids about anything is recognize how you're feeling because if you don't recognize if you don't have self-awareness if you're not connected to what's really going on in you what Todd just said can happen so easily you can make it theirs or you can um, end up saying things you don't mean to say or would rather have not said Um, so you have to be aware of how you're going into the situation like last night I laid down with each of the girls before they went to bed just to kind of to say okay how you feeling any thoughts, any questions? And each of them kind of had different things. One didn't have anything they wanted to say about school, which is fine. I wasn't like, tell me about how you feel about school. It was just, what's going on? The other one had some pretty deep thoughts and concerns, and another one was kind of in the middle. So it's just making the time and creating the space. Now, for parents who have little, little kids, right. um, your kids may be very anxious where they're scared to go in or they're crying. And I just want to empower you and and let you know that that's so normal and that you're not the only one going through that. Well, and we just had a uh, conversation with a friend of ours who uh, who's had some back to school anxiety and or her daughter had her some daughters. history with that. And uh, one thing that you said, maybe not to her situation, but just the fact that we all think that like everybody's looking at our own situation right. when dealing with our kid, but yet every parent is working with they're not looking at any other 
kids. Right. And they're not looking at any other parent. They're concerning themselves with their own issues. Yet we carry concern of how... Everyone's perceiving. You know, if you, know, if you started crying, are you going to feel nervous that other families would be like, oh, why is she crying? Right. Or if your kid starts melting down, like, you know, they don't care. Right. Everybody watches their own movie. And it, exactly. And everybody, uh, for the majority, and again, I know we all know some difficult people or people who are extremely judgmental, but most people in the world are very compassionate. Not only do they understand what you're going through, but they've been through it before. And, you know, most of the time people have a smile to share and they get it. They've been there. And so if you are having one of those days or you're nervous that you're going to have one of those days, um, I just want to let you know you're not alone and that we had that. Mm -hmm. My first daughter had a really hard time going into kindergarten however many years ago. She's in fifth grade this year. And then my second daughter. Yeah, JC uh, was kind of a basket case Oh, she was. I was just telling Todd that there's only two kids who were really upset and she was one of them. Mm -hmm. And we just hung back and hung hang with, I was taking pictures of her crying. I know, real nice. You know, Um, in the moment it's not a cool dad thing right but in the end i put it in her slideshow and it's a it's a moment that we can we capture it emits emotion like right. this is a transitionary period in jc's life and she was scared like i remember she was, she was, she was holding your hand yeah. with the other hand like close to her mouth and she was kind of really, really scared and crying. And to relate to them as human beings, because we can say, oh, this is no big deal. This is kindergarten. You're safe. All your friends are here. But we all know from, you know, she's human. When we go into a new experience, when we don't know what's going to happen, when it's a place that we've never been before, we're scared too. Mm-hmm. So to tell her to not be, it's it's not about saying, oh, yeah, I would you're, be too. You're trying to convince them that they're not scared, yeah, which and is they are. silly. Yeah. They already are. So your job is not to tell them not to be. It's to say, what can I do to help you? How can I support you? And as, as you know, the most important thing, the self-awareness is grounding yourself so you don't add to the problem. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I was going to say, because look, you look like you want to move on. No, I don't want to move on. I had two points to make. Okay, go ahead. Um, don't you think it gets easier um, as our, this is our third kid going into kindergarten. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, I think it was kind of easy for me before too, but it was like no, it was totally easy this morning. You know, a lot of that had to do with Skylar because she was so ready to go and so excited. Like she was the one last night that didn't need to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. She was more talking about the fact that she rode her bike all day and that she she was ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had no she has no story in her head. Right. All she knows is that her sisters go to this school, her friends on the block go to this school, and it's her turn. And right. she could be she is so psyched. Right. Whereas JC had to be the pioneer right. and had to go into a situation no one has been in. And I was going to say our middle daughter, she was able to go in and and be there and we were able to leave that first day. But then for about a week or two, she cried almost every day. And so the teacher and I worked out a plan of what Cameron could do. Um, She could go to the bathroom if she needed to cry. Remember that? That And that was such an easy solution that I didn't think of. Maybe you did, or maybe the teacher did, or maybe the social worker did. But I think I asked the teacher if I could do that. And initially, um, you know, she didn't have apprehension, like she didn't want to support her, but she's like, what about the pledge or what about this? And I said, as her parent, I... It's okay so with you me. Advocated, she it. You advocated yeah. for Cameron because she, uh, random moments of the morning, the first few weeks of kindergarten, she would start her crying. Her feelings would come so up. So she yeah. um, got the um, license or the authority from her teacher. Permission, yeah. The permission to go to the bathroom yeah. and cry there. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And then after, once she knew she could do it, because a lot of the, the, the worry is about what do I do if I'm going to cry? Like, what do I do if my emotions come up? And we can help them get 
tools so they don't need to worry. Then if the emotions do come up, they know what to do right. because it's the holding it in that's painful. Yeah. It's the what if Hurts. someone sees me that's painful. So I just wanted to say we've had all different experiences and that you're not alone. And, and you know, ask for support and talk to the teacher and partner with the teacher. The teacher's been there, done that, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, she or he knows you know, has had this experience before and can help you. Right. And um, I just wanted to. So the other thing mind. I was going to uh, mention, which is kind of off subject, but um, classroom assignments came out two weeks ago yes. where the kids get to dis- get to find out which of their friends is in their class. And there was some disappointed kids that we had. We had two older ones, you know, uh, well, you know, I don't think, I mean... I think that it's obvious, don't you? Well, they definitely, there were some people that they wanted in their class that right. they couldn't have in their class. Hence yes, disappointed. Yes, yes. So um, there's a part of me that, you know, felt sorry for them, but there's another part of me that I don't know which one was a bigger part, but saying, chill out, you get to go to school. Like, you just took JC to that... That, that Girl Rising that documentary. That Girl Rising documentary <laughs> right. where these women, these girls all over the world don't even get a chance to go to school, so... I don't know. It's just another one of those things where, like, I don't want them to be too. But they don't know any different. And you that's know? it's it's that mixture, Todd. You know, I totally hear what you're saying. Like, here they're upset about the fact that so and so is not in their class, and so and so is not in their class, and you're trying to say. Listen, girls, you're going to school. They're at your school. You're going to see them. But again, with children, initially, you have to meet them where they are. Right. If you go, if you dive in with the you should be happy that you're here, then they totally feel unheard. But here's the, here's the difference because, you know, I always describe our, our suburb that we live in as kind of a bubble. Not to say they don't have real world experiences, but it's a really fun, friendly place to raise a family. Yeah, it's very nice. And uh, But you um, had a we have a resource now that JC has a little bit of perspective on how um, challenging it is for a lot of other people in this world, girls her age that don't get it. Now, Cameron and Sky, they're, they're too young. They haven't seen it. But Oh, you're talking about the documentary. The documentary. The like they, she now knows versus before we wouldn't be able to say, oh, you're so lucky because she doesn't know how unlucky she – she doesn't know how unlucky other girls around the world are. Right. So we can kind of – so it's just a testament like – it's it, it was a safe way of showing, you know, it's not like you take your kids into the inner city and look at somebody who lives on the street saying, aren't you glad you're not them? Right. Like this right. was a really solid document. What was right. the name of the documentary? Girl Rising. And, and that was it about. So, I mean, I just wanted to, to mention that and how two sides of my brain were working at the same time. Like, I feel sorry that my daughters don't get their best friends in class, but there's a... Well, they got so I mean, and again, you're... They... It's like that place in the middle because all kids, all people. I did. I right. wanted my friends in my exactly. class. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is they will look and they'll say, okay, I got these friends, but I didn't get these friends. And they just want the perfect experience, right? right? And that's normal and natural. And what kids know how to do is just speak exactly what they're feeling. Right. Adults will pretend or will swallow or will blame other people because they don't want anyone to think, you know, they get all caught up in what other people think. And, you know, our children, I think, um, like many people's children, have a very natural reaction, you know, like, oh, I'm going to miss this person or, (laughs) (laughs) and and that's, sorry, and that is very normal. And so after they have that emotional experience, after they're able to say that out loud and we're able to hear it, then, like you said, that kind of conversation, like, you know what? I hear you. I know you're disappointed about this person or that person, but at the same time, it's, it's good to remember, eh, blah, 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 blah. But I think oftentimes, even though your point is well taken, as parents, because we're uncomfortable with their discomfort, we jump to the shaming. Mm-hmm. We jump to the feeling guilty. Yeah, you're jumping over a few very important steps. Exactly, because even us, Todd, 
you know, if something doesn't go our way, like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but, um, you know, like we just, we are going to go to a party with a group of friends and one couple can't come, Mm. but these can, we'll be like, oh, you know, disappointed they can't come. And we're not focusing on the fact that three other couples can come. Focus on what you got. Focus on what you got. But we as adults don't do that either. So we're asking our children to do that. To do something we don't do or to at least recognize that it's a normal feeling and just to, again, um, you know, just be present for it. Um, topic number two, but first let's talk about Helping Hands. Okay. Our wonderful cleaners that come to clean our house once a month. Yes, Helping Hands Maid Service. Um, you can find them at helpinghandsmaidservices.com, 630-530-1324, as clean as can be at home and at work. And if you mention us, Zen Parenting Radio, you get $25 off your first service. So make sure if you do decide to call Helping Hands, because you just really want to practice self-care now and um, take one thing off your plate, you can have them come once a week week, once a month. But if you decide to call them, say that you heard about them on Zen Parenting because that helps not only to get the discount, but then it helps our partnership. Um, and then... You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. One more. We want it now! The meatloaf! What is she doing? I never know what she's doing back there. Back there. Back there. <laughs> We never get a chance to see the mom. I know. We don't. She doesn't come out. And that makes it that much better. I have stopped laughing over these quotes because I've now listened to the show where you're doing quotes. And when I laugh I think it's funny when you laugh. Well, I Just don't laugh really hard so we can't hear it. That's what I mean. I'm trying to stifle, but, you know, meatloaf. And then I'm going to do some shameless promotion, too, that if you like our show, please share it. Please tell one friend. That's their everybody's homework assignment. Tell one friend about the show. One friend. A single friend that doesn't know about the show. Say, there's this really awesome guy who does with these great hair. awesome movie lines. Yes. And then there's this really smart lady who he's married to. Oh, that's nice. Who basically carries the show. And I oh, just that's look, not true. And I just look for good movie lines. Todd <laughs> right. spends a lot of time looking for good movie lines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, Ashton. Okay, so let's talk about this. Um, I will set it up, and I know that you can play a clip from it. But so last week, I think it was last week, Ashton Kutcher was on the Teen Choice Awards. He won an award for, I can't even remember what it was called, but he kind of joked about the fact that it's the Old Man Award because he's 35, and it was something about having maybe a long career. I think it was called the Legend Award or something silly. Yeah, and he's 35-year-old He's 35-year-old man. But he did such a lovely job of... um, offering something you know he's got this platform he's in the middle of all and it's usually you know, just all surfacey shallow yeah, garbage thanks to my agent thanks to Wouldn't, this person can't do it without this. you fans yeah and all it's that. just for all the scream outs and all that kind of thing and he really did a nice job of um offering something of worth so so um should i should i say the three things that he talked about and then play the clip or should sure. i just play the clip sure this three things so were the three things he talked about was opportunity looks a lot like hard work mm-hmm. so basically well, you, let's ex- we'll explain afterwards um do you want to? Okay, sure. And then the second one is about being sexy, which yeah. we're going to play a clip And everyone from. went, Woo! And then the third one is build a life, don't live one. So Love here's this 45-second clip from this speech. Number two, being sexy. The sexiest thing in the entire world is being really smart and being thoughtful and being generous. Everything else is crap. 
I promise you. It's just crap that people try to sell to you to make you feel like less. So don't buy it. Be smart, be thoughtful, and be generous. There's Ashton. Mm, um, so and I'm that. watching it as it's playing. And you could tell he he means oh, what he says. He's speaking from the heart. And I think from personal experience, I mean, the guy's had an interesting life thus far. Well, and he, um, so we'll put this on our show notes. Uh, and I, 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 I ask you to go to our website and go to our show notes and, and watch it. Just because it's a four minute and 40 second clip. Uh, yeah, four, almost yeah, five You minutes. only played a piece of I it. I only played a piece of it. But, um, you know, I don't really have much opinion of the guy. He seems like he's, uh, he's a decent enough guy. He's, I think he's from Chicago. Dude, where's my car? Or he's from Iowa. But no, he's, he's a, from, he, you're right, he's, he's from a, Iowa. He's a Bears fan. That's right. That's all I know. Yeah, he, she shows he, up at the games. But it's easy for me to, like, not like Hollywood people for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. this guy I kind of like, and I don't even know why. Well, and I always, you know, and I know that he and Demi Moore didn't work out. And, um, you know, that's a whole nother uh, sideshow. But I remember when they were getting together and they would do interviews together and I wouldn't see TV interviews, but written interviews. And he just had a, I mean, at a very young age, had a good head on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's why he could be with a woman who's so much older. Um, Again, it didn't work out. I have no comment about that. I don't know what that's about. But he started out that speech saying that I'm a fraud because his name is Chris. It's not even Ashton. And somebody told him to To call it it his middle name, which is Ashton. And, you know, I don't know, he just called himself out, which is always kind of appealing to me. Well, and he kind of, you know, he broke that stereotype because like the first one about, you know, like Todd read them, the first one was about opportunity. Second one was about being sexy. The third one was about creating a life. The first one about opportunity, the whole focus was I have never been too big for a job, meaning I have never thought that I was better than a job. And then when I had a job, I was thankful. And when I had a job, I worked hard. And opportunity looks like hard work. Because if you invest in something, because he talked about how he used to sweep floors. Yeah, he used to carry shingles He used to carry shingles. Like, if you work hard, it will show up in the next phase of your life. It will, other people will see that. You will understand what it's like to commit. You will, so when a lot of us walk around and say, oh, you know, either I'm too good for that or that's too low for me or, um, you know, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Opportunities come from investing in something, mm-hmm. and, and and again, I do believe you should invest in what you love. Right. But especially when kids are young, you know, you can't jump into your passion immediately. You right. got to do a few things. You have to sweep some floors. Right. You have to work retail. Well, you have and, to, and what he said in the speech is every job he had kind of built. Le- it was to a the stepping next level. stone. That's right. He didn't. I don't think anybody loves carrying shingles up on roofs. No. But sometimes you just got to suck it up and do the hard work. That's right. And trust that something good is going to come out of it. Learning responsibility, learning to take, you know, to, like I said, invest in something, learning commitment, you know, all these things come out of our first jobs. And um, a lot of times when we don't stand back and allow our children to have those experiences, because even, you know, I remember my first boss was really tough. And I remember my parents did a really good job because sometimes I'd come home really feeling kind of beaten and battered, um, not physically, but emotionally, because she wasn't always that nice. My parents would say, yep, that's what it's like sometimes, right. sometimes rather than, suck. well, I'm going to go in there. You know, you sometimes work for people who are difficult, and how are you going to handle it? Not how can I change that person, but how will you handle it? And you know what? She was angry when I'd be two minutes late, so I wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And you kind of learn things from those experiences. Similar to, you know, um, you were talking about, we were lucky to get three fantastic teachers this year, but a lot of parents get upset about their kids having a certain teacher. And sometimes kids 
learn a lot from having a quote unquote difficult teacher. Mm-hmm. And instead of creating, right, you some- want their you want their um, child their school experience to fall in line with your own expectations. What you think and it your should expectations be. were this teacher is the best teacher, so I need my kid to get the best teacher, not knowing that something good can come out of it. Like you just don't really know how things are gonna work out. That's right. So and and one and a difficult teacher to some people may be the best teacher your child ever had. Right. And that we make these assumptions or we allow people to scare us and fill us with stories, um, which has happened to us, mm-hmm. you know, where people say you don't want this, you don't want that, and it's ended and it they couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. Like we've had amazing experiences with certain people. So my point is, is yeah, that- Yeah, we have had teachers that we d- didn't really want because we heard stories. Or people told us we wouldn't want. Right. We didn't have any- Well, no, role. I mean, I let their influence say, okay, that's the one I want. Like, right. I, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't want the good teacher. Right. And they didn't get the, quote the good unquote. teacher- right. And the teacher ended up being awesome. Right. So it's all relative. Yeah. And it's all about what you think a good teacher means. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like for me, what I want is my child to feel safe in a classroom, to feel that their their teacher is supporting them and that they can ask for help when they need it. Maybe that teacher doesn't come out and talk to me every day. Maybe I don't get emails home. Maybe my you know, there's a it's different for everybody. And um so anyway, just keeping an open mind that uh, you know, allowing so Ashton talked about opportunity looks a lot like hard, like hard work, being sexy, which was great because which he is, says being smart, being, I think you say kind and generous. I don't know. Um, being smart, being thoughtful and generous. Right. I mean, I don't Hello. know. And what's funny is this is an opportunity. Like, let's say there's somebody listening that has like a 10-year-old who loves Ashton Kutcher. Like, I don't, he's not big in our household, but show them this clip. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's an easy way to connect using their language. This is like the MTV Teenage Awards or right. whatever it was. Right. Instead of us lecturing them about how you should be, let somebody who they idolize, for lack of a better term, or look up to or love, let Give them, them some tell input. You. Especially, you know, it's like you said, it's it's kind of rare mm-hmm. for there to be a speech that's, that's like why this it's from celebrity, exactly. And you know what I love about the speech is the way he says the word smart. Again, um, he doesn't get specific, mm-hmm. but the way I listen to it, smart means many things. Oh, yeah. Because there are some kids who grow up in certain areas who reading and um, and actually attending class and going to school is thought of as being like wussing out. Right. You know, like being literally book smart mm-hmm. is not thought of as being a good thing. Where yeah, of course they try to hide it. They try and hide that they're smart or that they want to be. But I also believe that smart can mean just use some common sense, be wise, think about what you want. Like you know, and he didn't get into all this. This is my reading, but smart means many things. Oh yeah, and we talk about that all the time. Yeah. There's street smart, there's book smart, but there, we talk about intelligence, emotional, yeah. emotional intelligence, intelligence, physical intelligence, musical intelligence. There's all these different self awareness smarts. So, and we could do a whole 45 minute show on the different types of intelligences there are, but we, uh, as parents, tend to focus on one, and that is how. What, what did the you grades What are. did you get on the test? And the tests. Yeah. And that is something like I don't. I've said this on the show many times before. I have no idea if our girls are going to be, quote unquote, smart enough to get a scholarship. But I tell you, we are investing a lot of eggs in the basket of an emotionally intelligent daughter. That's, and that is much more important to us than if they get a scholarship. An emotionally intelligent person can figure out how to get to school, it, you know, get into a school. They can figure out how to manage loans if they need to. They can figure out how to make their way or have a job. Someone who understands themselves and how to be with other people is going to do okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to figure it out. Right. And, you know, it's that Einstein quote, you know, asking a fish to climb a tree. 
we ask all of our kids to be exactly the same and do the exact same thing, and they're all different people, and they come in with a whole. Every child comes in with a different skill set, and so the whole you know fish climbing the tree means yeah. that, you know that fish swim in water. They have different skills, they have different needs, and you can't ask everyone to do the same thing. True so, that. So, and the last one is uh, build your own life, but I didn't pay as much attention to that one. Well, I loved this one because he referred to he played Steve Jobs in a movie, yeah, and he referred to the fact that Steve Jobs, a lot of people, or what Steve Jobs heard initially was, here's what life is, figure out how to fit into into life. To the existing situation or boundaries that are already created for you. People will say, that's just life. You better deal with it. And what he learned from playing that character was, no, you create a life. You decide how your life's going to be. You dream what you want to dream and you live the way you want to live and allow that to be your life rather than so many of us are so cynical Mm -hmm. and so... um, we follow these patterns that we don't want to, but we think we're supposed to or have to. Right. You decide for yourself. And wow, is that a valuable message for kids? Mm-hmm. You know, And it doesn't mean you go out and break rules and do bad things. Right. It means you follow your heart. Right. And if someone says you can't do it, you say, well, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Right. You know, there's a lot of naysayers. Yeah. Um, all right. So are we good with Ashton? I think you so. you want to talk about Ashton anymore? No, but he is, he's a lovely looking man. Um, is he a good looking dude? Oh, yes. But he was in that horrible movie with Kevin Costner. Which one? Oh, gosh. The, what was that the called? Guardian. The Guardian. My God. You, you and I went to see The Guardian, and you, we could see the boom mic. We saw the boom mic like three times yes. on the movie screen. I know. And it was just the worst. Oh my and gosh. I love Kevin Costner, too. And, I think Kevin Costner gets uh, a bad rap, but that is not one of his best work. It was not a good movie. Um, no, I agree. I wish I would have found that movie line. What's it? Oh, dude, where's my car? I said, dude, where's my car? Earlier. I know, I couldn't find it. And there's one of the funniest lines of all time in About there. The, what is there's it? There's a bunch of ostriches chasing <laughs> them, and then the ostriches leave. <laughs> And he says to Stifler from American Pie, yeah. whatever that – what's that guy's name? Uh, Stifler's St- – I can't remember. Whatever. Scott. So. And he goes, uh, dude, it worked <laughs> because they didn't do anything to get the ostriches, ostriches away. He's like, it worked. He goes, what worked? Whatever we did. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? I think that's a funny movie. You know what? I think first, Dude, where's my car is kind of the Bill and Ted of that generation. Yeah. Meaning the whole thing was supposed to be kind of stupid and funny. And and Ashton, he was in that 70s show, and mm. he also played kind of a stupid character. Mm. So he got a little, what's that called, typecast. Yeah. Um, but really, he's a very, I think, a smart- What's his best movie? Ashton Kutcher. Well, but, I don't know. The Steve Jobs thing got pretty good reviews. Was, I think was that, that was an the HBO thing. Uh, HBO. Um, gosh, what else was he in? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I The Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Poor Ashton. Oh, I know. No Strings Attached was so funny. Oh, was that with, with Natalie, Natalie Portman? Portman. Mm. Remember how much we laughed at that movie? Yes. Actually, that's another good it's movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. So that was kind of my um, turnaround with Ashton because, again, that it's just a great story. But they are funny in that movie. Remember yeah. the foam finger at the beginning? I don't. Or at that college party? <laughs> it's, it's dumb. I want to see it again. All right. Okay. Um, so moving right along. So we. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Sweetie, why doesn't your phone make more noise? I sit here and I get ready for the show for like an hour and a half, making sure that it goes flawlessly. Uh-huh. And your phone has buzzed over there once. No, it didn't buzz. It was yours. It was I, mine? I picked it up and it was oh, not mine. Okay. The one thing, though. And then you've got the duck noise. I know. You know what I did wrong? It's a robot. 
It sounds like a duck. Wanna, wanna, wah. Um, it's my robot, but the reason why... I can do the robot. <laughs> you can. It's I'm doing the robot right now. It's unfortunate you can't see Todd doing the robot dance. Maybe That's, I'll YouTube that. That was what he did to, um, to woo me. That's he right. Said, Let me show you the ro- robot, and then we start dating. That's all it took. No, it, the, my phone, I did the opposite of what I meant to do. I meant to turn it off. And I turned it oh, on. Oh, I see. So, so you heard the buzz. It wasn't yes. your buzz. You switched it yes. and realized That's it was on. That's what All I right. did. And I wanted to tell you, and I'm, this sounds critical. Are you criticizing me? No, but your email, I can hear it on my earphones. It goes, it's not on. Oh, okay. It's, I heard it go, zoom. I don't think it's on. Maybe it was from my phone. <laughs> yeah. Back off, Francis. Lighten up, Francis. Okay, here we go. Um, what about Dr. Kelly and us? What is that? That was not me. If that's your phone, you're cruising for a bruising. I don't know. Do you s- Everybody, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what? I'm not perfect. Oops, I made a, a mistake. mistake. That's, that's all. all. Making mistakes is lots oh, of fun. It doesn't oops, say oops. I made a mistake. That's all. Todd makes up words. Do you guys remember the oops, I made a mistake? They don't say making mistakes is lots of fun. Maybe I could even find that. Talk about our next... Um, partner. Okay. And I'll try to find, oops, I made a mistake. Okay. So Tree of Life Chiropractic, chirotree.com, um, 630-941-8733. Healthy families by choice, not by chance. And as we always say, we go see Dr. Kelly all the time. And I'm actually excited to be back in this school routine because now I can remember when to take my girls because when I'm in the summer, I forget appointments very easily. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but in the school year, sometimes the more structure I have, the more it's easier it is to remember things. Um, And I also want to say that this Thursday coming up, uh, I think it's the 22nd, Thursday night at Dr. Kelly's office, she's having a moms-to-be night out. Um, And basically, so if you're pregnant or you're considering having a baby or you just had a baby, this would be wonderful for you. Um, there's going to be lots of speakers, and I'm going to be one of them talking about self care for moms. So um, I highly, and it starts at 6:30. So again, moms to be night out Thursday, August 22nd, Tree of Life Chiropractic Center. Show up. Um, yeah, and my self, shameless, shameless self promotion is going to be that you have to tell two friends about the show. Okay. So double. Not homework. just one. No, and then. Well, it the, is school, you know. So that's right. Everybody needs a little homework. So tell one friend, and then you, oh, and then have that friend tell two friends, and then so on. So and I don't so know on, if this is going to so work. So on. When did they say oops? <laughs> Keep playing it. I like this. Uh oh. I was cutting oh, with here we my go. scissors. <laughs> She's going to make a mistake. Are we really going to play this? Sure. All right. She looks like a cute girl. She's going to make a mistake with those scissors. She liked it. Oh, baby. I could cry. Oh, my gosh. And then it happened. Oh, then it happened. Oh, you're crying. Oh, my God. She's crying. Kathy is crying right now. She's crying. That's all. It's never fun. Not lots of fun. Close enough. All right. That made me so sad. You are a basket case right now, sweetie. And I love you, but pull it together, man. 
Jeez Louise. <laughs> I couldn't see her, but I could hear her. And I think it reminded me of being little. Uh, it's a total, like when you look at the video, because you can't see the computer, it totally brings you back to like sitting Indian style in front of your TV, watching Channel 11. And you know what? I used to, anybody who has read anything I've written, when I was little, I used to try and make things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> She's still crying. And I used to try and make things and I'd try and bake cakes and cut things out. And... I just said we didn't work very well. <laughs> Are these our first tears on Zen Parenting Radio? I don't know. It took 136 installments to get somebody to melt down okay. on the show. Well, I'm better now, but I just really, that just, that, as we would say, triggered me. Maybe this will help. Don't ever leave me. Ever. Good. Because I find you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's move to the next thing. I'm all, oh, this I'm is all a like more serious now. topic. Here okay. we go. I know you're hot, sweetie. Well, not that you way. You know what I mean? I know, yeah. All right, so I'm going to say what we're talking about next, but then I'm going to have you explain it. Okay. So this guy, I don't even know his name. I'll find it. Wrote a blog saying that he hopes his daughter has good sex. That's that was the title. It drew a lot of people in. That's for sure. Yeah, good title. So, will you explain what this guy's take is? Okay. So basically, we really like this blog went viral, and a few people sent it to me, and Todd really liked it too. Um, and what what he's talking about is the fact that he trusts who his daughter is and he wants her to make her own choices and one of the the words oh shoot oh i have it here good is that i loved is he said um i don't want to see you in a glass cage experiencing nothing but cold emptiness at your fingers as dear old dad ensures that you get to experience nothing until he decides what you should like i feel like that sentence just kind of sums everything up um about this article because as especially dads, parents do this, moms do this too, but with their daughters, there's a lot of, even though I respect the, I want to keep her safe, Mm -hmm. the whole, I'm going to protect her Mm -hmm. and guys are going to stay away from her and I'm going to tell her what to do and I'm going to tell her how to dress. It's very, even though your heart is in the right place, it's very disrespectful to your daughter. It's misguided for sure. It's misguided and disrespectful. And the reason I use that strong word disrespectful is you are somehow assuming she can't do that herself. You are somehow assuming her choices will be poor. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Guess what? She's going to make poor choices. Mm-hmm. And who you need to be in her life is, as he describes, his daughter's safe space, a garden to return when the world has proved too cruel. Mm-hmm. So instead of being the person in her life that judges her or tells her who to be or what to say or what to wear – be that safe place. So devil's advocate, if I'm one of those macho dads who decides that my fi- that I have shotguns over my fireplace for any boy that comes and knocks on my daughter's door, you just said she's going to make mistakes. But a lot of dads out there would say yes, and some of those mistakes are almost irreversible. So I'm going to prevent or do everything in my power to make sure she doesn't make those mistakes. Well, and I think that harm goes both ways. I think the idea of thinking you can prevent or control things that are going to happen in your daughter's life is misguided. And I think that you can But I can do everything I can to prevent that from – I'm not saying I have complete control, but it would – put it this way. Let's just take a real – not a real example, but – if I am intimidating to a young man who comes to take my daughter to a dance, mm-hmm. I think that young man will most likely be a little more scared to be to make certain bad choices. Well, and my what I would come back with is I think if you are a kind person, a compassionate person, shakes his hand, respects who he is, um, it 
you know, respects your daughter, tells them that if they need anything that you're there, I think that can do more than fear. Because the thing that the bottom line of this is if you decide that your daughter doesn't, that she can't take care of herself or that you're going to scare everybody that's in her life, you're using fear Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a control mechanism. And fear it, it it may work in that moment. Well, fear is short term. It's short term. It might work for your daughter's boyfriends in high school. Well, and they might be afraid in your house, but as soon as they're out the door, mm. that's the thing is we use, you know, we use fear, not just in this situation, but we use fear with our kids. Like you better not watch that show or you better not eat that food or you better not do that or wait till your dad gets home or I'm going to, and then they'll say, okay, I won't do that. But what are they doing when you're not around? What we want to instill in them is their own sense. Mm -hmm. their own, and I'm putting my hand on my gut because that's their gut instinct, or their heart, their own sense of their inner Mm -hmm. dialogue that tells them what's best for them to to awaken that, or we don't need to awaken it, kids have it. Sometimes we're the ones who help them shut that down because we start telling them what to do, but we want to empower them to make good choices for themselves, not to put so much fear on them Mm -hmm. that they then not only don't do anything around us, but they don't ask us for any help or support because they think we would judge them. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's no, using fear. I mean, fear. I think it's, that's, this is a whole show in itself too, but I, for those of you who have listened to most of our shows, I think um, you know me well enough to know that it drives me crazy when I hear the stories about how these dads are going to intimidate any young men that come take their daughters out on a date because it disregards my own daughter's inability to make a good choice. Your own daughter's ability. Ability. You said inability. Well, if they... But the dad who is overbearing thinks that they don't have that ability. So that's why I said inability. But yes, and if you're doing that... and. When I said short-term versus long-term, as soon as your daughter moves out, because she's not going to be living with you forever. Um, she's going to have to make her own She's going to have to figure it out. Now, you, obviously, there's there's boundaries around everything, and there's balance in everything. But if you you know try to have complete control up until she either moves out or goes to college, it's going to most likely end up harming her in the long run. That's the thing is you may feel better about it, but you're harming her because she is not going to learn to trust herself. And you can still be someone who is there for her, who stands up for her, who gives her support if she needs it, but let her know that you're a safe space Mm -hmm. and not a, a person who is going to make her feel bad about who she is or be mean to her friends or boyfriends. Like what I envision, and again, this is envision because our children are still young, but when my daughters do decide to go on a date, that of course the young man would come to the door and introduce himself and we would shake their hand and say, have a great night, call us if you need us. Like I want to be present. Right. Yeah, it's not like I'm you're... not like oh go daughter I you know of course I am there I am present but making that kid feel uncomfortable or bad right. I don't think does a service for anybody right. it may make me feel strong and macho um, well I'm you know I'm not the dad but it you may are make a dad macho, feel sweetie. strong and macho but you know what fear is Todd it's a way of protecting ourselves from our own sadness and fe- you know it's our Putting fear on a kid because we're feeling insecure, we put fear on other people. So right. it's really just a sign of a really strong insecurity in yourself, right. you know. Um, so I don't know if you're going to continue going. No, with this. I think we're good. I mean, we're 43 minutes in, and I have a few things that I okay. want to finish up on. But I'll put this blog into our um, into our show notes, and I encourage you to read it and share it. And if you disagree with us or me or you. 
please let us know. I'd love yeah. to hear your your thoughts on it because this written. is this is a, well, and it's funny. He actually uses some harsh language, and you know, if you look at the very uh, look at the last line yeah, there, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's well, and because he draws people in with the title, like I want you to have a good sex life, which is part of it. Meaning, and it's by the okay. way, I do want my daughter Me to have too. a good sex life because sex is fun, and it's part of being a human being. Yeah, it's Again, part of the human experience. We look at our children and we think they're somehow different than who we are, right. and where they need to grow up to be adults who have good sex lives too. So that's part of it. But the other piece of it is go out and be yourself, and I'll support who you are. Mm-hmm. Go out and enjoy things that maybe I don't like, right. but then tell me about them. Right. So instead of I'm going to tell my kids how to be this whole blog is about i trust who you are that's right um our third partner is avid company they do painting and remodeling all over the chicagoland area their number is 630-956-1800 tell them uh, zen parenting sent you and zen parenting loves you um so i'm going to play a clip from something and i i want you to figure out why i'm playing it okay and All right, so why am I playing that okay, song? You're playing Ironic by Alanis Morissette because we had a funny conversation with our friends this weekend about how everybody knows this. This is not news, but when she's singing in the song, she's and not an talking. An old man turned 98. He won the lottery and died the next day. It's a black fly in your Chardonnay. It's a death row pardon two minutes too late. Isn't it ironic? And, and we think it should be called. Well, can, can I finish my sentence? Sure. It's, none of these things are ironic. They're kind of, but well, they're not fully. They're not fully ironic. They're not really the best definition of irony. Right. And so we were just saying it should be called, isn't it too bad? Isn't it too bad? <laughs> Don't you think? It's like, rain on your well. Let's get it. Here, just play it. That's too bad. Well, isn't it too bad? It's too bad. Because the thing is, is like, it's the advice you didn't take. There's nothing ironic about not taking advice, Um, but it just doesn't. He was afraid to fly. (laughs) He packed a suitcase. Kissed him goodbye. His whole life. life. Crash, bow. Do you really think he said, isn't this nice? No, but they needed something that rhymed. Isn't it too bad? Don't you think? It's Isn't it too bad? But I don't know if this song would have done as well if it was called Too Bad. Isn't it too bad? I think we should talk to Alanis Morissette and decide to call it Isn't it You know it too what bad? I thought about is though she wrote this these songs and I know she did them with Glenn Ballard and they did them together, but she um, was very young. So maybe the definition was a little lost on her and there's a little irony in there, I guess, but not a ton. Right. True dat. True dat. I didn't get to everything I wanted to get to, but Oh, tournament of bad. Oh, I need to do, um, I need to do something here. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Why do they all say it differently? I was there when you recorded that, and it cracked me up the way they said it. I don't know. That's our two daughters and our good friend named Owen. Yes. I call him the Grand Duke. Grand Duke. Um, Tournament of Bad. Uh, I wrote it down. Let me see what I wrote down. Oh, the Louisiana Ladder. I don't know what you're talking about. Great America. They have those uh, things where you play a game and you try to get the big teddy bear thing. You have to climb the the ladder. climb the ladder that shakes back and forth left and right all the time. I don't know if anybody's ever won that thing ever. Really? And 
I, I'm always intrigued whenever I see somebody try. I've never seen somebody do it. And the thing is, the person who's working that booth will put their foot on it in the beginning. Giving so they you, can get started. Giving you a false sense of hope that this is, in fact, possible. <laughs> I'm going to give you a false sense of hope. So Have fun at Great America. Zen Parenting Radio, giving you a false sense of hope. <laughs> um, if anybody has ever completed the Louisiana ladder, whatever it's called in your neighborhood, um, I want to hear about it. And I want to know what the trick is. Why is it called the Louisiana ladder? Because it's in the Orleans section. Ah, of, it's in the Mardi you. Gras section. And of then the, the people who do complete it, they end up with that huge teddy bear and then they have to take it on the demon. Yes. So it's all a problem. That's the right. The whole thing is a problem. So anyways, um, so Ed Bacon. Yes. Let's talk about him real quick. So October 3rd, it's about a month and a half away, but Ed Bacon's coming to Dominican University where I teach, and that is in River Forest, Illinois, for those of you who are in Chicagoland. And um, I think that you should mark your calendars. We'll give you more information, but this is one thing you don't want to miss. He's the author of Eight Habits of Love. He is the uh, host for Oprah's What's Soul Series on XM Radio. October 3rd, it's a Thursday night. It's at 7 o'clock. And um, just put it in your calendars, and we'll keep you Post it. Yes, and uh, let us know how we're doing. Comments at zenparentingradio.com. You've got two books, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and 2. And Part 2, you can find on my website, kathycadams.com. Also, give us a review on iTunes. It brings more people to this show. Please. It's very kind. We're at 90. We're stuck on 97. We're not stuck We're anywhere. stuck. There's no stuck. We're in the mud. We're not in the mud. We need to get to 100. Things are good, and that's um, not ironic. So this is Todd Adams saying farewell. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week.